this one for the 18th of March 2011. How are you doing, James? I'm very good, thanks, Ian. It's great to be here with you for uh, episode 161, where we talk about uh, digital media news and entertainment technology stuff. And we have a number Fantastic. of themes. What are those themes, Ian? Yeah, we're going to talk about what's happening in the world of business. Uh, quite a few technology stories happening this week. Uh, a bit of content delivery, how you get content delivered to your multiple devices. Mm-hmm. And we get some mobile news, um, gaming news, and we've got a little giveaway this week. Uh, if you listen for the whole Fantastic. 25 to 30 minutes, you might be the lucky recipient of some Xbox Live points. Fantastic. All right, well, hang in there for that because it's all good stuff along the way. So um, let's kick off, first of all, there with a subject maybe close to my heart, uh, which mm-hmm. is getting visas and how to sort of move people around the world. In, in the internet mm-hmm. world we live in today, everyone, you know, mm-hmm. you, you can set up shop on the internet and do business worldwide, but if you want to go and work in other countries, not so easy. Um, now, this is yeah, a little article from... Um, TechCrunch saying how the UK has changed the rules on getting uh, high potential individuals who want to come and set up shop over here in uh, or over there, I guess, or none of us are in the UK actually. Yeah. In the UK, uh, you now only have to have fifty thousand pounds <laughs> of startup funding from a real organisation. It can't be your own money. You can't say, "Oh, I've got mm. Al Qaeda's fifty grand here. I want to come in and set up a <laughs> sky high company or something." So, um, so it has that's to be true. has to be the real deal. But that's really good. Uh, they've whipped that through pretty oh, quickly. Very exciting. So, so uh, I mean, the UK is trying to get in there, trying to encourage companies to start up in the UK, make it easier for people that, are, uh, that have mm-hmm. potential business opportunities to consider the UK as a place to, to do that startup in. Um, I know you've just relocated from the UK to the US, James, but um, <laughs> uh, for a lot of tech startups, you know, the, the UK is a great place to get into Europe and uh, yeah. having that sort of that sort of access and uh, being able to get the staff in the right place is obviously very important. Now, I know the US is trying to do similar sorts of things, but um, legislation yeah. does take a bit of time sometimes, and uh, hopefully hopefully the other direction will work as well in terms of getting exceptional talent over to the US. Because uh, mm. the more flexibility companies have in terms of having the right people in the right country, you yes. know, the better job they can do in terms of the opportunities that come up over time. Mm. I think and there's the, you know, the, the challenge there is the legislators often sort of see, well, you know, this is just an IT person. We've got lots of IT people. What's the problem? Yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it's yeah. having that foresight to realize that it is down essentially to to human capital and it's the people that do the business, not just the, you know, not take yeah, a absolutely. degree here and, and get the job. So I mean, that's, um, I think that's, that's encouraging for the UK and I think that'll help uh, bolster the uh, economy as hopefully, you know, worldwide people need to, that effort to come out. Although having said that, there's, a, there's rumors over here in the US that, you know, is there another mm-hmm. .com bubble occurring lots of people planning ipos really? um wow well i mean yeah, there's supposed to be a bit of a backlog of ipos now i mean it hasn't ever since the kind of 2007 ipos have been put on hold and now there must be a lot of latent demand for, yeah but you know, also you know money. you've got the headline numbers we talked about before about you know mm-hmm. facebook being valued at 87 billion dollars and you know this is, is this vastly overinflating stuff mm-hmm. um, so i think that's quite interesting uh, other news mm-hmm. over here in the u.s um is the, the uh, it's not particularly new but it is more mm. so in the US where more operators are starting to impose bandwidth caps on yeah um on i guess uh, their users so i mean i'm i'm actually on comcast here at the moment they don't currently mm-hmm. have a cap 
Um, okay, so you can, you can actually use as much bandwidth as you want. Non, no, no limits whatsoever for the whole month. Seemingly, right? or it's like 150 gigs. It's it's quite a big limit. Okay, so 150 gigs is a fair amount. That's yeah. You, you could what? probably wouldn't run out there. <laughs> well, I mean, it's you say it's a lot, but if you're watching an hour of HD, if it is proper HD, I mean, obviously over here in the US, mm-hmm. HD is is kind of a movable feast, but it's got to be mm-hmm. fairly high. So, I mean, I guess this has been sort of pushed through the US government, sort of saying that this is a mm-hmm. good thing mm-hmm. because the people who are using lots of bandwidth are essentially bit torrenters and piraters. Right. Um, but I mean, the other observation I've had since being here is that broadband mm-hmm. over here is an expensive commodity. Um, I was, yeah. uh, I was just watching, um, good old sky news using my, uh, private browsing VPN, uh, over mm-hmm. here. And there was an ad there for, um, mm-hmm. for sky, which is a, satellite terrestrial operator in the UK which has broadband mm-hmm. as well and they're doing voice TV and um, tw- up to 20 meg broadband for 20 pounds I guess what? that's you know probably for the that's first amazing. three probably for the first three months blah 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 you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff but it's but uh, still, that's, that's an amazing deal which is you know 32 bucks and over here you can't get mm. you're talking 80 bucks for that package mm. Mm. Um, before you and that's you know for for basic and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um, I think definitely things need to change over here Mm. Um, but the the people pay a lot for broadband so um, and it's a it's a weird situation but I'm not sure I mean the angle here if you look in the notes folks you'll see that um, it's really that a think tank is and this is this is an article from Boing Boing so I'm not sure it's super kosher but uh, um (laughs) It's basically saying that, you know, having caps will make pirates think twice. Right. I think, you know, they'll just move to uh, someone who doesn't put caps on them, you know. Mm. That's the, uh, well, that's for sure. I mean, funnily enough, I was at a, a pre-St. Patrick's Day party this week, and Ooh. one of the discussions that went around was the fact that that uh, these guys were, they weren't doing the kind of bit torrenting kind of thing. That was kind of beyond them, but they were quite happy to pass portable hard drives back and forth with basically yeah. terabytes worth of content that they were sharing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's sneakernet. Uh, so you can't, you can't sort of, you can legislate against sneakernet. But uh, surely in Ireland, isn't everything either a pre-St. Patrick's Day or a post-St. Patrick's Day party? <laughs> well, pretty much. <laughs> it's all leading up to all the day itself, all the day after. But uh, <laughs> I did see a few yeah, leprechauns out here last night. I must admit. So um, oh, there you go. There we go. There's a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, I think you know the thing, and we've talked about this before. What fights mm-hmm. piracy is making content available globally Absolutely. so if you want to watch it you can and you, you can, can get it at exactly. a reasonable cost and making, and if you, making it if you, easy to get to yeah and it's reliable and you know mm-hmm. it's worth spending a few cents on i mean and if people who are pirating can't afford to pay and they're willing to put up with you know crappy video yeah, and you it's see gonna be, the, it's gonna be harder you know, and less better quality. yeah exactly yeah i mean they're not going to um, pay anyway so i think you know yeah it, it's all about quality um and availability Right, it's moving swiftly on, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So in uh, content delivery, we've got Adobe who've just released their Flash to HTML5 converter. Yeah, in uh, an interesting ex- named Wallaby. Um, mm. you, can you give mm, us some antipathy and insight into Wallaby? Is it, uh, well, Wallaby is it something is like they've had in their pouch room, for a while? <laughs> I don't know? know what the kind of relevance <laughs> is between, between converting between different uh, content yeah. delivery formats, but they... Um, and uh, so it's uh, I mean according to according to reports it does a it does a reasonably good job of 
uh, taking a, a normal flash kind of thing and, and converting it to HTML5. But mm. because it's uh, using native HTML5, it doesn't have all the kind of, I mean, a lot of flash is actually- It doesn't have as many flash. flashy filters. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, action yeah. script, so, isn't it? I guess you've got to have yeah. action script to JavaScript um, converters exactly. and- Specific, I guess almost yeah. for every single function call, you'd need to have a exactly. direct equivalent. So I think equivalent. it's a big job. Yeah. I mean, this is basically creating Flash in and rendering it in HTML5 almost. So there's, there's a lot of effort to go to in order to convert all the, the actual Flash libraries. So yeah. I think the fundamentals uh, are and there and it's a good, good experiment. Yeah, it's a good experiment. But I mean, Apple did announce this, I think when... They, uh, sorry, not Apple, Adobe announced that they were going to have an HTML5 mm-hmm. creation tool because at the end of the day, their yeah. business is about workflow and creation tools. So yeah, exactly. They don't they don't make any money from mm. uh, supplying the kind of the runtime players. In, yeah, exactly. Plugins or whatever. Um, so it makes sense for them to go HTML5 and have the best tools at doing it. And then I think they'll exactly. they'll keep the the designers. The ponytail brigade will. Uh, sorry about that. If you're a ponytail brigade guy, but um, <laughs> you know they'll they'll be happy because it's like, well, we can we can now produce this stuff. So I hope that mm-hmm. that actually comes out. I mean, maybe it's obviously very hard if you're in a large corporation and you've been doing something your whole life about it's flash, 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 yeah. flash, flash to suddenly say mm, actually something else might be good as well. So um, yeah. I hope that works. Right, you've got a story here about green parrot. What's all this about? Yeah, so one of the challenges with YouTube is that if I'm uploading video from my little webcam or my little little camera that I bought on the internet for a hundred pounds, then the video quality mm-hmm. can be fairly. That's an nervous. expensive camera, a hundred pound camera. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of like still cameras take videos these days, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they don't contain shake reduction. They uh, the, the actual pixelization is not necessarily aligned properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what uh, YouTube have done is to buy a company called Parrot Pictures. And right. uh, what they do is they do kind of image processing uh, to sharpen and to handle camera shake. And they've done it for a lot of the kind of big Hollywood films like X-Men and Spider-Man and that kind of thing. So it's, it's, you know, it's a genuine post-processing tool to improve video quality, but now Google want to use it on millions of videos, even as they're being uploaded onto YouTube. Right. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, those X-Men had a had a production team and an editor and a producer. And if I'm shooting uh-huh. something, you know, a live stream coming off my handheld, you know, cam of some description, <laughs> yeah. no amount of yeah. anti-shake and stuff is going to make it any better. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a mewing kitten or a laughing <laughs> baby, isn't it? I mean, it, it, seems, it well. seems a bit of an odd... Seems a bit an odd acquisition. Do they pay lots of money for that? Uh, maybe it's just. Um, I don't know. Don't don't think they're really. It's like in in, yeah. in the tele in the techno area. It's like not the man from Del Monte. It's the the man from Google came and said hey. He said yes and dropped a few million on us. You know. <laughs> well, so almost, maybe right. it's yeah. So uh, good good if for. Um, comes calling. There's uh, there's only one correct answer. That's <laughs> good yes. for green parrot pictures. <laughs> yeah. um, there we go. I don't know if you got the link there, James, but uh, green parrot pictures was founded six years ago by one of the associate professors from Trinity College Dublin, hence the, the green parrot link there. Uh, so totally well, the green anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's the green story. Well done. Hey. Um, <laughs> tick. Um, right. You know, in, uh, uh, content delivery, James, iPad. Have you got your iPad yet? Your new iPad, the uh, iPad 2? No. I'll tell you what, I queued up <sighs> for... You did? I queued up for nearly two and a half... Well, I queued up for three hours probably, actually. Wow. I got to, you know, they, they started selling at five. I got there just after three, uh-huh. and this was at right. the largest largest Apple store in 
Silicon Valley uh, Valley Fair. Uh-huh. I right. was, and I got there. I thought, oh, it doesn't seem too much of much of a queue. I'm I'm in luck. And then I said, okay. the guy said, no, 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 it's out there, out through the fire escape. And literally, I was probably oh number one thousand in the queue. Uh, oh, I would no. say, and so it went all the way along the all the way along the outside of the mall, that. and then and by five o'clock, there were probably another thousand people behind me. Oh my god! Uh, it and was don't it was me, you didn't crazy. get any iPad. They had run out because uh, I wanted the three G one, um, of course, and three and T one, not the Verizon one. And I think you know we right. were discussing this in the queue. One of the challenges mm. for anyone who's stocking a wide variety of whether it's colors, sizes, configurations is yeah. you've got to guess which one's going to be the most popular. And it was yeah. blatantly it was clear <laughs> in the in the queue that I was in that the three G AT and T one was the most popular. Right. Um, I guess because a lot of people in Silicon Valley are mobile as they would say and mm-hmm. anything other than the, the verizon one obviously is locked into verizon which is basically us only cdma uh so yeah. if you wanted to take travel abroad with that you need to have the 3g one um mm. but it did seem to me that there was a lot of pent-up demand uh for mm. waiting for ipad 2 and and it was a far far larger queue than when i went to the original ipad launch in wow, fifth really? avenue store in um new york so these were people mm-hmm. i mean obviously i've got an ipad i was after another one um and i, I have actually ordered another one um for a friend uh online and that's now showing five weeks delivery <laughs> five weeks whether that's delayed well, by the terrible tragedy in japan i don't know yeah um but no, i, I, I uh, suspect yeah. not um but uh it's I think it's going to be an amazingly successful product based on that. And we've got a little story mm. in the notes mm. here about um, iPad 2 in Hong Kong. And I've, you know, we've been to Hong mm-hmm. Kong. I've, I've lived there. Uh, Hong Kong is, is too small to rate as a territory where it's going to launch, but they're obviously quite close to yeah. where they make them. So they always manage to get a few mm. iPads um, and they're <laughs> selling at double the price there at the moment. Um, oh, that's amazing. Uh, so for almost 2000 US dollars, you can have an iPad in yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. Well, that's uh, five weeks earlier than, than you're going to get yours, James. So. Well, exactly, exactly. Well, it's, that's, <laughs> it's for a friend, as I said. I, I mean, I, I kind of was in the queue and after waiting three mm-hmm. hours and they said, look, all AT&T ones have sold out. And initially wow. it was like the lower size ones had sold out. And then they said, okay, only 64 gig AT&T available. I said, okay, you've upsold me. Uh, but then it didn't work. <laughs> and also the queue moved a lot, lot slower because everyone had to decide which one they were going to get. And yeah. then with the, the covers, I mean, when you first, it was uh-huh. like a Model T Ford experience, the first one, it was like any cover you like as long yeah. as it's this black Apple one. Um, yep. Now there's eight different colors and different varieties. So you have to make a lot of choices before mm. you get mm. to the store. Um, and obviously there's a good possibility as you get further down the line that your choice isn't available, so it's going to take longer. Yeah. So it was moving really slowly, but quite a good-natured sort of Apple Apple crowd. It was always, it was always quite good mm. fun. Mm. Um as long as you bring the right, I mean, people were chairs and all that kind of stuff. And, things like that. and there were people going up and down the line selling cookies and it was good. Oh, nice. Um, very well, American. You should have brought your sleeping bag and your tent and uh, <laughs> got there the, the night before, yeah. <laughs> I didn't oh, think well. it was going to be quite so popular. Um, I mean, you would have thought uh, there wouldn't be, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I want to get this one because I've been waiting for the one with a camera in it. Um, so I guess yes, I'm one of those, yeah. you know, pent up demand people, but... And I, I, you know, there's been rumors about the iPad 2 for the last three or four months. So I think anyone that had any kind of tech news capability would have been going, well, I'll probably just wait to the next one because 
uh, you know, if it's only a few months away, but, then but that's, uh, you know. that's the early adopters, you know, hopefully the, the kind of the listeners to our podcast. Um, so if you yeah. didn't get an iPad and you're thinking about it, I'd urge you to get there very early. And it wouldn't surprise me if they push back the launch date you know, in, James? in Europe, although it's, you know, it's supposed to be what next week. Um, no, because they, they obviously, they often like to, um, supply to the U S market first. Now, on to uh, Sky One, James. I don't know if you've been watching Sky in the US via some proxy, well, for example. I haven't. Um, because I've I've dropped my Sky subscription. If I had, I, I probably could because I've, uh, right. v- I've got this VPN I mean, service. Because I'm in um, Ireland, which has Sky as well. I can, even without a proxy, happily watch Sky on a, on a laptop. Okay. Uh, which is, but with a subscription, right? Fine and good. Yeah, you need a subscription. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, you can um, even get it just with a subscription without even a satellite dish, which is great. Okay. Um, and then the news here is that uh, the multi-screen viewings has troubled the Sky One audience. Yeah, so, and I think this, it's it's an interesting angle here. I mean, multi-screen is obviously the the I think the plus ones, the repeats, and the um, kind of video on demand and yeah. viewing on other devices, PC, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it, it's basically showing that if you include not just the linear transmission across satellite and cable, mm. if you add in the PVR watching, the uh, watching via uh, push VOD and also mm-hmm. pull VOD over on other devices, it tripled the audience, um, which you can clearly, only yeah. if you measure that, can you sort that out. But I think in perspective, yeah. it's interesting to see this is Sky 1, the, the premium mm-hmm. channel for Sky. It still was it, uh, makes it um, equivalent to the 16th most popular program on BBC two, which is the, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is always, this is always the challenge with, with, uh, ratings, with, ratings, with ratings. cable or satellite, right? Because yeah. you've got so many hundreds of channels that by definition, you're going to get more spread across, um, 300 channels than you are going to get across, you know, five free well, and, channels. And these free to air channels have had pretty much 50 years building up branding and exactly. audience share, yeah, whereas the satellite and, guys yeah, are new. So, um, but it, it does show that if you can measure everything, it really does increase your, um, mm. you know, but it does change the way because clearly most of the ratings are all done on live viewings typically. I mean, they're just bringing in exactly. the PBR stuff, and, not and really adding in the that's others. Abs- you're absolutely right. It's not, and it's not fair to look at channels like Sky Atlantic HD, which, for example, actually has 43% of viewing done non-live. So yes, yeah. it really shows you that uh, consumers do want to be able to shift their time around and they do do it when they have the opportunity to yeah. move but, things. But I mean, Sky Atlantic easily. is another example. It's, it's less than a month old as a channel, isn't it? So yeah, that's um, amazing. So you've got to try yeah, and yes. build up that that, uh, that base there. Um, now, mm. also in the content delivery news, there was a bit of a flutter on the um, the news wires when mm-hmm. uh, I think the headline was Facebook does prime time video and we'll steal everyone's lunch. Um, <laughs> is that true? Is that what's going to happen? Well, Facebook it was basically the digital um, movie delivery game, the dark Knight, which was obviously a, you know, a successful Batman kind of franchise film, uh, was yep. available for 30 Facebook credits, uh, for 48 hour rental, oh, but wow. it was only through, it was actually not done by Facebook per se. It was done by right. Warner brothers on their Facebook friend page or something. Um, so it wasn't, okay. It wasn't Facebook it, per se, but it was, yes. well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess it's, it's not Facebook taking over the world, but it's Warner Brothers using Facebook as a conduit to 600 million users. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I guess the other, other news that I'd seen here is that my Apple TV, along with the iPad, got an update 
and you can now watch mm-hmm. streaming streaming live Major League Baseball and NBA on it, which is um, yeah. Which I tried to do that and then realised I didn't have a the right account or something. You, presumably you have to pay extra for that. Do you have to have a you sign do, up and have an yes. account? And, yeah, there's uh, some free okay. sort of highlights and clips and stuff, but that's not live. Right. Um, but I don't know who's okay. you know how that's going to work. I guess clearly North America only. But it does. Yeah, I get the, I get the menus, but if I I mean I guess well I can I guess they're going to restrict my account if I don't have a US credit card or something like that, aren't they? And uh, yes, live most games are going to be probably at the wrong time for me, but that's okay. That's <laughs> well, great. So more content. The more people are watching, I mean, I don't know people who are presumably most people who are watching that content today are already watching it by another means uh, on a TV. That's true. So that's true. I don't know quite how large that audience will be, but no doubt there'll be. And you, you've got to test the market. So I think that's, that's quite interesting. True. Well, I mean, James, this is just adds another, I was going to say another quiver to my arrow, but arrows to my, <laughs> how many quivers do you have? Anyway, arrows to your quiver. So the yeah, concept yeah. of my, uh, my experiment with trying to see if I can cope with actually, actually having linear channels of some sort or other and doing mm. it all entirely using legitimate means, Apple TVs and so on. And the more content available, the better. So movies I'm well and truly taken care of. I can do movies by three or four different means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is things like, uh, uh, and even Sky News, that's okay. Uh, but things like BBC News or things like that, it all everything just becomes just a little bit difficult if, um, if you don't have kind of standard uh, linear channels available to you. So it's still yeah. quite, not quite there yet, but... Um, uh, well, unless you, I mean, you, and you would regard legitimate as not having to buy a VPN service. Uh, well, maybe VPN, maybe you need, that's the limit, like some sort of <laughs> VPN service, maybe, but I mean, actually not having to, you know, BitTorrent download dodgy content from somewhere. Okay, but pretending uh, to be somewhere you're not is kosher. Well, I mean, I think Ireland's, Ireland and Northern Ireland are so close, it's really the same country. There's <laughs> so, a political well, statement for you, moving on. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay, um, so mobile domain, what's going on there? Mobile. So uh, we have, we've covered a, a story last week about the Android market and how uh, uh, people were worried about the malware that was appearing there and, and doing nasty things with your, yes. your phone. Yeah. And the concern here is developers expressing concern over pirated games. So someone, someone oh, I don't yeah. know quite how they do this, but they take the game and the pirates muck around with a little bit, change a few graphics and things, then upload it as a legitimate game. And then start yeah. getting money for. No, I've heard about people doing this and, and people, written. developers getting pretty upset about it where they're taking or they're uh, kind of um, decompiling games which are available on the web mm. and releasing mm. them on, um, on Android. And mm-hmm. getting, uh, understandably, you'd get pretty upset about someone stealing your IP and making money yeah, from absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, it's probably, I think it is fairly widespread, but it's not. Um, Obviously, the Android market store isn't making a lot of money, but I guess in aggregate, it's it's a nice money laundering mm-hmm. game for some people. And I think that's one of the concerns I heard at GDC as well about people mm-hmm. writing games in uh, HTML5, which is pretty capable, mm-hmm. uh, potentially, because mm-hmm. essentially there you can kind of right-click and view the source and get all the game code. Um, yes, of course. So you have to balance well, where, your, where your game is. Is it in the cloud or is it on the device? Yeah. And you've got to try and cleverly yeah. mix up so people can't steal your your stuff, uh, which mm. is fairly fairly cl- uh, critical here. So yeah, I think that's um, it's a worry. Um, and I, I did actually last night. I don't know if you've got an Android device, but uh, was out for a meeting up with a guy over here last night, and he had a his Samsung mm-hmm. Galaxy Tab, and it looked yeah, it was exactly. quite cool. But you know, even in the couple of hours we were sat down having a, a drink and a chat, 
it uh, mm-hmm. crashed twice <laughs> when, uh, oh, when he was just saying, oh, yeah, let me take some photographs. It suddenly decided, oh, the battery's dead. And it wasn't. Uh, uh, like so uh, it wasn't uh, a nice looking device, but I think the whole integration of the package was a bit, bit right. weak. Uh, but it's a goodly sized device. I mean, it's quite, he said he uses it as a phone and it does right. just about sit inside a jacket pocket but it's literally okay. the size of a jacket pocket. You know, jacket pockets are quite big. <laughs> yeah, they're quite big, um, yeah. But quite light, nice mm. form factor, good camera, um, but mm. a little bit um, buggy on the uh, the whole integration side of things. And he did say even yeah. the phone crashes quite a lot, <laughs> mm. which is just unacceptable well, for a phone, really. It's not really acceptable for a phone at all, really. That's kind of like the fundamental... I mean, yeah. I, I have absolute crush, crash every now and then on the iPhone, but at least they only take themselves down. They don't seem to take the rest of the, rest of the system down. And it does have issues with... My phone particularly has issues with uh, signal strength. Occasionally, just wakes up overnight and decides that there's no signal whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit frustrating. But yeah, nothing. Nothing's uh, perfect. But I think you know, it's certainly. I was I was unimpressed by his reliability of his device. I was I was you know mm. envious of the size because obviously it's more mm. portable than an iPad thing. But right mm-hmm. um, on a sort of gaming related thing, um, we've mm. got. Um, I got after GDC. Someone sent me one of these uh, on live boxes to play with. Um, which, oh yeah, how was that? Uh, I fired it up yesterday, and obviously, you know, I'm a kind of a. I think I'm a. How do you describe yourself as a, a gamer who's not very good? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but certainly, I, I didn't really notice the uh, the lag. I played like a flight sim okay. combat game and a uh, right kind of first person Assassin's Creed two, just free trial yeah. kind of thing. Um, yep. And it was pretty good. But then, you know, I'm I'm in Silicon Valley. I've got a 20 meg internet yeah. connection. Um, the user interface is great. The packaging mm-hmm. was pretty cool. It comes with, uh, there's a rechargeable game controller, which is a Bluetooth thing. Ca- They're doing uh, beta for audio chat, so I tried to use my Mantronics yeah, headset, cool. um, but it mm-hmm. kept jumping in and out. But uh, not that I wanted really to chat to anyone about my lack of game prowess, <laughs> but um, it was, the, uh, no, it's, 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 it's a nicely put together piece of kit. Yeah. Uh, and right, it does so it appear to work. For you. That's great. Yeah, except access to you can do free trials of of some games, but then you have to subscribe. Right. And I think it's like eight bucks a month or something. Um, okay, it's not too bad. And you, you can mean, buy yeah. individual titles, but I'm not sure you're going to drop fifty bucks on the latest edition of Brotherhood yeah. or something. Just, just uh, I mean, you'd buy a console and you'd you'd be yeah. You'd, um, so you know, interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. I'll have to sort of take that around, isn't it? I mean, again, would you, all, if you had a console already, would you buy one of these? I don't think I would, no. Yeah. I mean, if you had one, maybe you, you can, you, I'd rather buy a couple, one, of, you, couple of AAA titles instead of buying one of these. Why would I, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and I'm already well, paying they, for my Xbox Live subscription, presumably, or my, you know, uh-huh. PS Home. Yeah, exactly. Um, which brings us to our competition, doesn't it? Which is Fantastic. So what do people need to do to win uh, 4,000 Xbox Live points, Ian? All you need to do is write a review on iTunes uh, for the On The Couch podcast. And all these points, which is, how much is that worth, James, in real money? It's about 50 bucks, I think. And they are international. Fantastic. I checked with a guy from Mr. Mr. Xbox Live. And we'll send you the code. Do drop us an email at feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com so we know uh, that you've well, sent you the review Fantastic. out there. Um, and uh, we hope that uh, one lucky winner. yours. Yeah, and you can buy some pretty good titles with that, I think. So yeah, take a look at that. And uh, also, you know, send us any tips or hints or if you've got early access to news, we'd love to hear from you. But I think that kind of wraps it up for us, really, doesn't it, Ian? Oh, we've got one last little story, James. Oh, yes, of uh, course. How can I forget the the Jumbotron? uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I don't know if, I mean, you you and I have many different devices. Wouldn't it be nice if you could connect them all together and have one big jumbo screen made up of all those devices? Yeah, how many screens oh. do you have in your house, listener? Mm, Lots. Listener, can you, can you count them one, two? I reckon I could probably scrounge together one, two, three, at least four or five, I think. But they've got to have browsers. Screens. These screens have to have a browser on them. And then... Uh, ah, okay. You, yeah. So you load, load a URL on each of the devices and then uh, then it goes and slurps up different parts of the picture and displays it on one you know one combined big screen. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so basically it puts barcodes up on each of the screens. You take a photo, the back office server processes that and turns oh, it into nice. a, cool. a sort of a... It, then it'll web serve any picture you show. It doesn't work on live video, I think, but it'll work on stills. Yeah. And then you can yeah, cool. essentially manipulate that on... A, a composite image like a mosaic of all your screens depending on where you happen to have put them nice very cool well we're going to have to try to surreal, get as many screens as we can together <laughs> big, big brother. does your new monster 3D TV have a browser on it uh, of course it does uh, yeah, actually okay. no no I don't think the, don't think the TV does but the um, you can although it's, it's a bit uncanny there. when you're kind of updating the firmware of your television it's kind of just slightly unmoving <laughs> certainly my my PS3 does have a browser and Yes, and, uh, it actually makes for a very nice little uh, laptop screen. Actually, you can plug your screen, you can plug it in, and uh, yeah. nice and clear. So, Excellent. all good, James. I think that wraps us up for this week. Indeed. So it's uh, been good on episode 161 to have you all listening. Do look at the show notes and uh, send us your comments. We'd love to hear from you. That's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from me. And cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. 